All right, I got a follow-up story here, a story that seemed to have uh, got, you know, raised the ire mm-hmm. of people who didn't like the fact that we talked about this. In fact, okay. we had received a YouTube comment from the subject himself Uh-oh. to uh, tell us how wrong we were. All right. According to a judge... Mm-hmm. Leonard Skinner film mm-hmm. violates three decade old agreement. Okay. We talked about uh, Artemis Pyle, former Leonard Skinner drummer, mm-hmm. wanting to make a documentary about his life. Right. And the uh, the the Leonard Skinner entity. Mm-hmm. blocking him from being able to release this thing. Sure. Well, we kind of commented on this about two months ago. Right. And via the YouTube, mm-hmm. Artemis Pyle himself left us a couple of messages, which you invited him to be part of the show if he wanted to call in. I did. And he did not respond, I'm assuming. No, he did not. So apparently the hardcores who are Artemis Pyle fans or friends mm-hmm. thought we were particularly harsh yeah. and hateful and we don't know what we're talking about and all that. But apparently a verdict came down this week that says you can't do this. You're breaching the agreement. Oops. A film created with the help from former Leonard Skinner drummer violates a blood oath. Surviving band members. A blood oath. A blood oath. Yeah. Okay. I think they they actually took a pen knife. They sliced their palms open and they all shook on it. All right. So that means exactly nothing in court. But go ahead. It was signed in blood, man. Yeah, pal. So a surviving band member made not to exploit the band's name and the history, a judge concluded as he blocked its distribution, siding with the surviving member, get that, member, member of the 1970s pioneering Southern rock group and the widow of its lead singer. Okay. The decision by the U.S. District Judge Robert Sweet, not associated with Striper. No, or Brandy or Tim Gaines. Not the drummer. Nope. Was unsealed on Monday at the request of the lawyer at a Los Angeles-based independent record label that planned to distribute the film called Street Survivors, the true story of Leonard Skinner's plane crash. Okay. It was dated last Wednesday. Mm-hmm. In the 1970s, the band rode the popularity of classics like Sweet Home Alabama and Freebird to stardom before lead singer and songwriter Ronnie Van Zandt died in the October 1977 crash in Mississippi. Mm-hmm. The same year that the band released the final album called Street Survivors. Right. Even Mandel, a lawyer of Cleopatra Records, mm-hmm. home of Tim Yasui, formerly of London, right, 
And Cleopatra Films said in a Manhattan court filing that Sweet's ruling did not disclose specific parameters of relief to the plaintiffs. The judge, though, wrote that a ruling against Cleopatra would result in no profits from the film, which costs, what do you think it costs to, to make this thing? Hmm. It's it's a feature film, like two it, hours? It's a documentary. It's All a right. film documentary. What do you think they spent to make this thing? Mm, camera crews, um, video, audio, doing the math now. I'm going to say about $200. <laughs> Am I close? No. You're way off. I'm going to say 300 grand. You're way off. Way low or high? You're way low. Way low? Way low. Three million? Mm, it's way high. One million. And just a little above one million. 1.2 million. Oof. to produce and it was finished the spring so they've spent cleopatra records mm -hmm. spent 1.2 million dollars to make this goddamn thing they've sold that many cover albums to afford this i don't know the answer but uh that's the amount of money they claim was uh invested into making this documentary film I would have never imagined that they could make so much money off of electronic versions of Guns N' Roses classics. <laughs> so $1.2 million has been spent mm -hmm. so far. And now they have no way of distributing this, this uh, film or documentary. Right. So far, anyway. And that's because of a blood oath? Well, because... According to the agreement, they all mm -hmm. agreed that they would do nothing, that the surviving members would do nothing to exploit the name of Leonard Skinner or capitalize on the plane crash. How about touring with one original member? Is that not exploiting? Well, but the thing is, is that they toured with the surviving members until each one of them you know, through attrition has died because Billy Powell passed away. Uh, their basis, which are good friend, um, Ian Evans took over for, her. he yeah. passed away. Right. You know, these guys are just kind of dropping like flies. And the only guy that's left is, is, uh, Gary Rossington. Yeah. Is it weird that I want to see this movie? <laughs> Well, it would be interesting, sure. I don't know shit about the plane crash. Do you? I do. What happened? They were they, in a, they, they, more, they, they ran out of fuel. In a helicopter, right? No, no, it was a plane. Oh. They took off they for went. a concert, and they basically, they didn't have fuel gauges. At least this is what I understand. They didn't have fuel gauges in the cockpit pit. And so the only way that they could gauge the fuel is they had to put a dipstick in the tank. Of, the fuck were they flying in? A crop duster? Well, it was an older plane. I mean, mind you, this was 1977. So it couldn't have been that old. They only had planes from, what, the 50s? Yeah, but it could have been an older plane. 
I guess. And uh, they they took off without you know sufficient amount of fuel, and they basically lost you know lost power, and they crashed into a a, a wooded area. Look, I'm not saying you're lying here. I'm really not. But I've got to imagine that the planes back to Amelia Earhart had a fucking gas gauge. How do you build anything that runs on gas other than a fucking lawnmower that doesn't have a gas gauge? <laughs> well, that's that's what I understand. I don't know that to be fact, but that is what I understand. Jesus. Can you can you fathom getting up in a plane with no gas gauge? Can you imagine doing that? Well, today, but... Or in 1976, they had gas. <laughs> I, I can't even imagine that, that that you could ever do. That'd be like getting into a car without a steering wheel. <laughs> Would you do that? Of course not. That's what I'm saying. It's the same thing. If something goes wrong up in the air, you're fucked. Right. You know, you're fucked without without any way to save yourself. You run out of gas. I mean, what's the solution to running out of gas? Praying to God you find a, a fucking open field. Right. That's your only solution. Water or an open field. Oh, my God. Yeah. That was not a smart move by, by I, the boys. I completely agree. I would think that I'll bet you every time they got on a plane after the, the fucking revamped Leonard Skinner, I'll bet you there was a gas gauge on the plane. That's <laughs> true. Sure there was. I'll bet there still is. But they ain't flying any crop dusters now. Jesus. That's crazy, man. Anyway, uh, getting back to the story. Mm-hmm. Mandel said he would seek immediate relief from an appeals court and did not immediately return an email seeking comment. Now, who is Mandel? He's the lawyer for Artemis Pyle and Cleopatra Records. Okay. The judge said the film relied in part on the memories of Artemis Pyle, who joined the group as the drummer in 1975. Okay. The, the film focuses on Pyle, his relationship with other band members, particularly Van Zant, and events during and immediately following the plane crash. Mm -hmm. So he was on the plane. He was on the plane. Who who survived and who didn't? Well, I don't... all of the band members survived except Ronnie Van Zant and, and um, uh, their guitarist and... The guitar and the guitarist Cassie Gaines, Steve okay. Gaines, Ronnie Van Zant, uh, and and uh, Cassie Gaines all died. All right. None of those guys could check to make sure there was any fuel in the tank. <laughs> Apparently not. Fifteen guys in a fucking band, and none of them could check the gas gauge. <laughs> Look at that picture, Demon put the chat room. Is that the flight? Is that the actual crash? <laughs> That can't be because that, that plane might be crashing and all, but I guarantee that had a gas gauge. <laughs> I'm fucking floored by this. They ran out of gas. That basically, that's the story that that they basically had to use a dipstick to, to, to dip the tanks to see how much fuel that they had. Did they have to get a running start and jump <laughs> off a cliff with the thing, too? 
Yeah, it was a it was a Fred Flintstone plane. Yeah, no shit. What did it say on the side of it? Orville and Wilbur were here. <laughs> exactly. I mean, the fuck. <laughs> this is a ridiculous thing. But it happened. All right, now Blockade Runner says pilot made a mistake and dumped the extra fuel. Now that makes a little more sense than flying without gas. Hmm. All right. Well, anyway, getting back to the story. Yeah. Uh, Pio was critically injured but survived the crash, as did founding members Gary Rosington. Right. Sweet said Rosington, fellow founding member Alan Collins and Van Zant's widow, now Judy Van Zant Jensi, mm-hmm. entered a blood oath post-crash agreeing no one would ever perform as Leonard Skinner again. Collins died in early 1990. Mm-hmm. The judge said a dispute after surviving members decided to commemorate the 10-year anniversary of the crash with a tribute tour resulted in an agreement defining when the parties could use the band name, its history, or the name and likeness of Van Zant. Pyle mm-hmm. signed the agreement, writing, under protest adjacent to a signature, he performed until 1991 before signing a termination agreement. Okay. In June of 2016... Pyle signed a deal with Cleopatra that would pay him 5% of the film's profits and give him a co-producer credit, the court ruling said. The judge said that the film's screenwriter, Jared Cohen, regularly received historical information from Pyle, who reviewed his outline and script, offering comments and revisions. The judge said Cleopatra also solicited Pyle's views on casting and costumes and let him provide feedback on the accuracy of the portrayals by the actors. After hearing publicly about the film last summer, the plaintiff sent Cleopatra the 1988 court ordered uh, in July of 2016 after only about $7,000 had been spent developing the film, the judge noted. So Mm -hmm. even though that they were given heads up that hey there's an agreement in place that you can't do this they still went forward with it well here's the question was he part of that agreement who pile yeah yeah well he was given you know executive producer and he no, was also that, signed not, on for five percent of the profits no that's not what i mean was he part of the agreement that leonard skinner made about yes the yes, name? He, yes he was like, but see, I'm thinking he wasn't. No, no. They made a different agreement. You said they made a different agreement at the 10 year mark, 10 year anniversary to of the allow crash. them to perform as Leonard Skinner. But was he part of that? Dis- yes, he was part of that agreement. Yes. Okay. Okay. Because he performed with them until 1991. Oh, okay. They reformed in 87. Yeah. And you know, toured as Leonard Skinner until he left the band in 91. Right. And then what did he join? Hanson? Well, no. Then, then, you know, I don't know what he did. Baby metal? (laughs) 
so he he performed with the reformed Leonard Skinner for almost four years. Okay. All right. So Cleopatra Records, who apparently is bankrolling this thing, were given heads up after they'd only spent about $7,000 in production fees. But they okay. they move, still move forward with doing the whole thing, and they racked up $1.2 million in costs. So how much do you think the real costs are? That's what they're reporting lost so that they could try and get a buyout on this. What do you of think course. the real costs were? The real costs? I don't know. 7200 <laughs> 10000 at the most. <laughs> so what do you think happens here? Um, well, either they're going to release it with some kind of an agreement to give the Leonard Skinner entity mm -hmm. a piece of the action. Yeah. Or it doesn't, it, or it gets shelved. It's a lot of money for Cleo to lose. That's 1.2 million or 10,000. And the thing is, is where does this get released to where they could recoup that Netflix on Cleo, <laughs> Amazon, Cleo DVD. Nobody's buying DVDs to make it worthwhile to try to recoup $1.2 million. Yeah. I don't know. Our guy from Here I Go Again made about 60 bucks in the last week. <laughs> Let's talk about it. You bought it. I bought it. And um, Jackal bought it. Sure. How many is that? That's $45 right there, isn't it? Right. Wasn't it $15? Something like that? Well, I didn't buy it. I just did the rent on it. Like I bought it. It was like $2.99. Oh, so I could I watch I it. That's I paid like fifteen dollars. I didn't I buy the thing. I just just watched it. Yeah, you rented it on Amazon. Yeah, I don't even know how to do that. I just bought it, and I didn't even need to. I had a list. I had a viewing, like a preview thing. Sure, but it wouldn't let me throw it to my TV, so yeah. I just bought it. No, I I, I rented it on Amazon for two ninety nine. Yeah, fucking stupid. Ugh. And Jackal bought the DVD for 30 bucks. Well, that's a fan. <laughs> so anyway, for Cleo mm -hmm. to recoup 1.2 million, you know, and, and I'm sure that they all the residuals and, you know, potentials and all that stuff is figured into that. Sure. Uh, you know, they would have to sell that to amazon or netflix or somebody like that to, to recoup that mm -hmm. amount of money okay but if they do they're gonna have to somehow if it if it ever gets released they're gonna have to come up with some kind of an agreement with you know the leonard skinner entity mm -hmm. to share some of that profits yeah. if it ever gets released well i'm gonna tell them now i'm down for a three dollar rental Three bucks made yeah. right here. Two ninety nine. So that leaves you one million one one hundred ninety nine thousand nine hundred ninety seven to go. Sure. I got you. Well, again, we caught a lot of flack on that original story. Yeah. But that's that's the current verdict. All right. According to the judge, it said, nope, can't do it. <laughs> 
can't release I it. I that personally because I don't know dick about it. I would like to know. I don't know why. I'm still not that big of a fan, but are you a big fan of them? Leonard Skinner? Yeah. Yeah, I, I like their stuff. Do I own a lot of Leonard Skinner? No. Do I own some? Yes, I own some. How many albums do you own? Just two. Okay. Because I, I own, I think it's a box set. I don't know. It's MP3s, and I got to think Wardlaw gave it to me. Well, the but, only the only reason that I don't own the Leonard Skinner catalog is because they play it. They played it to death on commercial radio. Well, you don't like Freebird anymore. Freebird, give me three steps. Sweet, Sweet Home Bird. Alabama. That smell. That smell. You know, every other hour you heard a Leonard Skinner song. Still do, don't you? Yeah, of course you do. Yeah. So for me to say, oh man, I got to go buy that. It's like mm, no. For those kind of bands, and I'm just curious with, with the way we are today, and I know, when is the last time, I don't want to say the last time you listen to com commercial radio, because I'm sure there's some moment in your car that you flip it on or something. Yeah, from, I, again, so, I, uh, I've I've made this clear before. Yeah. I do listen to the radio now and again, but it's always sure. AM talk radio. Sure. But for the most part, your music listening is not the radio no you not turn on whatever the classic no is the classic rock no, station is. not at all so now that you've gotten away from that shit okay and it's been years probably i'm assuming since you really were focused on that absolutely can you listen to pink floyd again or van halen again or skinnard or you know, those those bands that have just been beaten into the ground. Can, can I listen to them? Without being bored. Um, the only one out of that group there, well, from classic rock bands, the only ones that I would listen to would be Zeppelin. Okay. Van Halen. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe some Steve Miller band. Okay. And that's about it. Yeah. The rest of them, you're just so, you, yeah. you're so bored. Would, with I, would I, would I listen to Pink Floyd on my own? No. Or Fog Hat or anything. No. No. What about like Melon Camp? I listened to Melon Camp before I was like really hooked into the commercial because I like all the stuff that are not necessarily the hits. Okay. Yeah. I know you're a big fan. I'm just, yeah, I'm just a fan, you know. I, I enjoy more of the songs that aren't are not the hits. Right. So so that being said, I mean, there's never a time you would go to your shelf and say, you know what I need to hear today? Little Pink Houses. No. Or Jack and Diane mm -hmm. or any of that shit. Nope. It's got to be some fucking deep tramp. Yeah. Track, of dance course. Naked or something. Sure. Okay. One reason I'm asking is I was listening to a bunch of Mellencamp yesterday. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, I, I'm more of a fan of the non-hit stuff because you know the the hurts so good and you know crumbling Come down, me, yeah, crumbling down and you know pink houses and stuff that was just played and played and played again and still is. Yeah, but for me, if I listen to Melon Camp, I listen to the more you know deeper tracks. Right. All right. Favorite Melon Camp album? I know we're going into some goofy places. Uh, what is my? It's between two. Okay. Um, I I do like uh, Lonesome Jubilee is probably one of my favorite, and uh, Scarecrow is probably 
one of my all-time favorite. I hated Scarecrow. Really? Hated it. Hated it. My favorite is definitely Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh is just a real rebellious record. I love that. I love that one a lot. Mother for you or whatever that song yeah. is. It starts off with the, oh, what the fuck? Yeah, what the fuck? I remember my old man, I was jamming it in my room when I was like 15 years old or whatever. A one, a two, a one, <laughs> two, what the fuck? <laughs> I had that blasted and my dad came walking. He's like, what are you listening to, son? Mm-hmm. You know, being all old, old dad. I was like, what are you talking about, dad? <laughs> Quickly switched over to, it's a lonely old night. Or sure. <laughs> You know, too funny. Yeah, uh huh kind of defined my whole college days. Okay. I played that to death in my car. That's a great, that was a great record. It is. It was just a very raw record, extremely raw. I think they yeah. recorded that in like under a week. They just went into the studio and just did like one or two takes on that, and that was done. Yeah, that's a good one. I didn't like the one before it. The one that was real popular was that one with Jack and Diane. Yeah, that that was American Fool. That's not very good. Yeah, I, I didn't really enjoy that one that much. In fact, I, in fact, I, I'll be honest with you. Until Aha uh-huh came out, I was not a Mellencamp fan. See, I liked the album before it with "Ain't Even Done with the Night." That's a pretty good tune. Sure. I know it's a hit. But... No, nothing matters, and what if it did? I just liked. Ain't even done with the night. Right. It's a good tune. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I dur- don't know why I got into John Mellencamp here. I just, well, during during the uh, during the Lonesome Jubilee tour, I saw that twice. I saw that like in the spring, and then I saw it later in the fall. And I saw it at uh, Irvine Amphitheater um, the second time. And actually, Bruce Springsteen came out on stage and jammed one song with him. And you were like, boo! Yeah, I wasn't a Springsteen fan. Dude, I'm looking at the list of of um, songs from Scarecrow. Yeah, I hated this album. This has like every song of the hit songs. It's like every one of his that I didn't like. <laughs> I hated Small Town, I hated R.O.C.K. in the USA, and I hated Lonely All Night. Well, again, I, I'm not into the into the hits. The ones that the ones that I liked was Minutes to Memories. Okay. That was a big one for me. I really enjoyed that one a lot. Um, let me see. What was the other one that I really like a lot? Uh, Rumble Seat? No. Face of the Nation? Yeah, that was okay. Rain on the Scarecrow? Yeah, that was a hit. Blood on the plow. Yeah, exactly. Yuck. I hated that record. It just sounded like it was recorded in a garage. <laughs> oh, Justice and Independence. That that was kind of like a real preachy song. Yeah. Well, he's good for that. Isn't he like a really hardcore lib? Oh, yeah. He's, he's definitely a big lefty. He probably huge, doesn't want you for his shows. Yeah, huge lefty. Think he'd let you in there with your MAGA hat? Uh, you know what the thing is, is that I've actually met him. Yeah. I, I met him on the uh, Whenever We Wanted tour. Okay. And I actually, uh, he gave me about five minutes. I He and I personally just talked, you know, nobody else hanging around, just him and I. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. Not politics, obviously. No, it wasn't politics. We were just talking about a couple of his records and stuff, and he was really getting into his paintings and things like that, and 
you know, I was just kind of asking them about a couple of music videos that they did and what was the meaning behind a couple of the features that they had on there. Right. As I was say, if you talked politics with them, he'd have had you escorted out of the building. <laughs> no, actually, so actually, uh, I have this uh, 24 by 36 inch poster and he signed it to me. Okay. And I got it framed and everything. It's pretty cool. Nice. That's cool. All right. That's our Mellencamp segment. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, I, I don't like his politics, but I like his songs. Yeah. Well, if we start judging our music by the politics behind it, then we're not going to have much to listen to. Sure. Fucking all, all the good, all of the artists these days are all fucking liberal faggots. Yeah, they are. You know, it's, dude, it's, it's, it's really depressing. It's like, but, but it's really proof positive that these guys, you have to keep in mind that these guys are, and, and same with us, to be fair, same with us. Our politics shouldn't mean dick to anybody. We're just monkeys to entertain you. Right. And these guys, these these bands are like just, they're little more than just monkeys to entertain us. Because not that I'm a Trump guy, as I've said a hundred million times, I'm not. And I know you are, and that's fine. But like, by that theory, you're not allowed to listen to L.A. Guns anymore. Because <laughs> Phil and Tracy are like hardcore lefties. Well, I, I don't know what Phil's thoughts are. I mean, because I really don't see a whole lot from him, but I know Tracy is a hardcore lefty oh very hardcore and so i guess you know i guess you can't be friends with them anymore right <laughs> you know but but music is like that dude it's always the artsy guys go with the fucking left for whatever reason sure which i don't ever understand but i don't understand how these musicians and artists these days can be going for a side that wants to limit their their ability to speak well that that was that's always the question is because they're for the side that wants to take everything away from them. Yeah. I don't understand. Yeah. I don't get it either. Especially in a creative outlet where they can use their art to, to portray a message. And that's where that's just like the comedians that are saying that they want fucking speech limited in this. It's like, what are you talking about? You're in the fucking business. You 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 want to be able to say what you need to say. Sure. Like that stupid, unfunny Chelsea Handler. Right. You know, what is she doing saying that she's for limiting speech? Or what did she say? Something about she wanted, yeah, wanted she people wanted arrested? People, she wanted people arrested for hateful thoughts or, yeah. or speech. It's like, you know what? Your comedy would be considered hateful to a lot of people. Right. Should you be arrested? Dumb whore. Well, basically what she was really saying is I want people I disagree with to be arrested. If you don't listen, if you don't worship at the altar of Samantha B, you should be arrested. Right. Fucking idiot. And, and, you know, now that you're on the subject. Yeah. The one I can't get into and I don't quite understand and why she's raised up on such a high pedestal. Okay. Is that J.K. Rowling's chick who wrote Harry Potter. Because she has a lot of money. Yeah, I know. But why is it that these lefties always, well, J.K. Rowling, Rowling delivered a knockout punch to Trump over Twitter where she <laughs> had the perfect response or yeah. she threw shade or she? or she clapped back hard. Did she? <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's just like, what makes her such a fucking genius? Well, you know, she did invent Hermione and fucking Harry Potter. Other than that, nothing. 
She told a she told a nice fairy tale. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So what makes her words so valuable to the left? The only thing I can think of is money. Is that it? As, that's, what else? I mean, it's it's not because she's ever been some politician. It's not because she's ever had a message. The only thing that makes her important is that she has a shit ton of dough. I mean, she's made billions. Of I know she has. Me? But but the thing is, is periodically I see these headlines where mm-hmm. J.K. Rowling spoke out and she clapped back on Trump. Well, the ones I don't get are that at least she's got some sort of an accomplishment. The ones I don't get are like Sarah Silverman. The fuck is Sarah Silverman ever done? Honestly, what has Sarah Silverman done? Nothing. I mean, she's a, what, B-level comedian. And what, was, she, was she in a couple of movies or something? Saturday Night Live? She's not some superstar. But, man, they treat her like she is the goddamn queen. I know. It's like, what are you talking about? And same with Rosie O'Donnell. In the, in the real big world, what has she done? The View? She's just sucked the life out of every movie role she's ever had. But she was sexy in that one. <laughs> what was that movie where she was supposed to be like a dominatrix? Yeesh. Was it Stakeout or something? Maybe it was Stakeout where she was wearing the dominatrix clothes. <laughs> oh, boy. That was fucking disturbing. She was much better as the retard on the bus. Right. Whatever that movie was called where she was a fucking Down Syndrome dope. She was good in that natural role for her. She probably didn't have to study hard. Right. Well, yeah, she's considered fucking something too. Yeah. Well, the only the only thing that I was familiar with where Rosie O'Donnell was concerned is when she early in her stand up career she used to host spotlight comedy. Yeah, that's it. Wasn't she considered edgy at one time? Yeah, early in her career. And now she's what anti edge? I guess. Because whatever she is now, that's not considered edgy these days, is it? Not at all. Yeah. Hail and kill caller, you're on the air. Hail and kill. What's happening? What's up, boss? What can we do for you? Hey, man, I hear you for years, man. And you know what? I just say a lot of stupid things for a long, long time, man. Are, are you high? Are you, have you been drinking tonight? No, really, man. You know what? I I understand you like a Trump, but I don't follow these these things. You know, man. <laughs> okay. Where Where are you calling from? I'm from Italy, man. You're from Italy. Are you calling from yeah. Italy? Yes, you know, some culture, man, some knowledge about culture, history. You know something about that? No, I don't. I understand, man. I hear you, man. <laughs> I understand <laughs> what you're doing. But it's okay, you know, people follow you, man. Okay, so, so what's, on I, your, what's on your mind tonight? Well, I just want to tell you that uh, uh, it's interesting your program, you know, and um, I hear you all the time, and I I feel like you are doing good 
with just all these people that follow you and understand you. That's it, you know. Cool. Do you understand me? Not really, you know. <laughs> I try. I try to understand you. You know, I do some weed sometimes. I I drink sometimes, but I don't understand you, man. Mm -hmm. do, do you understand your manager is telling you you have to go? Uh, something like that, yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, congratulations for your program. And um, you know what? I think you, you should better do something for the United States and for your people because you're American. And, and I think you, you should do something smart for your people and, uh, and bring something unique, something different, man. That's it. Okay. Thank you, man. Bye. All right. <laughs> what was that? What the fuck was that? <laughs> We're not the saviors of the world. We need to do something for the good of our people. Yeah, we do. You do realize that we're two assholes <laughs> doing a dumb fucking internet show. <laughs> we're not trying to save the world. Right. Not even trying to save the neighborhood, for fuck's sake. Exactly. Certainly not trying to save Italy. Or the United States, or anywhere else. Right. <laughs> we're just two dumbasses. I know. This show is getting fucking off the rails with, with the attention we're getting. I know. Days. So it's like you you guys need to do something. <laughs> you have the ear of the people. <laughs> well, if, if, I'm just going to say this now, and I don't care if, how many people we potentially lose by saying this. If you're listening to us for any kind of message of what you need to do in your life, stop listening to us. Do not listen to us. For any reason other than you find us silly or funny or you like the topics we talk about. No other reason. Do not live your life based on us. Or at least me. Certainly Neely is probably a little more respectable than that. But <laughs> I am a fucking scumbag. Do not use me as your example. Do not ever do that. Save yourself some hassle, please. Right. That's all. All right, very good. All right, I think we'll take a short break. All right. Got anything in mind? Well, let me let me go to the magic list that I have here, and I will pick a band. I'm going to go with... Um, Did we ever play my Girth song last week? No, I don't think so. Let's go with um some Genghis Khan from Girth. Oh, well, no, we did do that one. Did we do Genghis yes, Khan? Yes, we did do that one. Then let's go to something different. Let's go. You want heavy or not so heavy? Well, let's take a call here. Hail and kill, caller. You're on the air. Hey, hail and kill. Uh, just calling in, first time caller, but I wanted to say I love your show. And Chris, you have the you just hit it on the head, man. I just completely listen to it for entertainment. You, you guys make me laugh. I listen to mainly on Spreaker, you know, the podcast version. I don't okay. get to hear it very much live, and tonight was a rare time when I heard you guys live, and I thought I'd call in and just say thank you for the entertainment. So so are are you gushing over the fact that you get to speak to your heroes in person? <laughs> well, 
recently. No, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't say heroes. I I would say entertainment. Uh, time passer heroes. You know where <laughs> that fill that fills in uh, time while I'm driving for work. Right. Yeah. Perfect. Well, that's that's what we are. We're the work. We're the work. Uh, working man's hero because most people listen to us either to or from work. Yeah, I mean, it's great. I mean, I hate, I hate political uh, talk shows. Um, I'm not really a fan of uh, sports talk either, even though I'll just do it just to pass the time because sure. I drive for a living. But uh, yeah, this is more. I wish you guys were on regular radio and had like a. I don't know, a two two to five slot every day, <laughs> you know? As stupid and probably as gay as that sounds, that's how it is. That's all right. Well, well dude, just download, the, just download the segments and listen to them from two to five. Oh, that's what I do. Yeah. I mean, I do it all the time. Or your personal you know? afternoon drive DJ. Right. And Spreaker's a great thing. I mean, um, I like Spreaker a lot. I kind of hate iHeartRadio because who owns them? But uh, yeah, I mean, Spreaker. There's a lot of good, a lot of good podcasts. And I think you guys are the best one I've heard. Sure. And and who are you, and where are you calling from? Uh, my name's Matt. I'm from Cincinnati. I'm actually a driver in, in the entertainment business, where I uh, drive for different musical acts and stuff like that. Cool. All right. So do you service Annie's? You you service Annie's and all that, or are you just like an over the road guy? Uh, over the road guy. Okay, cool. So do you do like yeah. drive for like upstaging or something like that? Correct, near you. Okay, yeah. cool. Got it. I'm kind of trying to be discreet. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but uh, yeah, man. I mean, I'm. I love the same type of music you guys are into and stuff like that. I just wish uh, I wish there was more outlets, I guess. Sure. Well, we are the kings, so, so you got the best. Got the best. That's right. And you're well, on thanks the, again. And I you're on the show live now, so now you are part of CMS history. Cool. I I, I appreciate it. I won't have my usual cry this evening to put myself to sleep, so I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding <laughs> alright Matt take care fellas alright safe travels <laughs> thanks hail and kill there he goes oh, fuck you pal well there you go <laughs> there's Matt from Cincinnati dude what a show we're doing tonight huh dude, driving up staging oh that's cool yeah, driving around the country bringing, bringing the show to you live that's right that's right so did All right, you, you want a song? Yes. Give me from the debut, from the debut album from Spawn. Oh, Spawn! Just called Spawn, and they couldn't use it anymore. Oh, they still used it. Give me, um, give me the song "Hatred." Yeah, man. Yeah, man. That describes you a hundred percent. I love this tune too. All right. Well, here's a. Uh, Cleveland, Ohio band Spawn, not yep. the cartoon, but uh, the band. Yes. And uh, this is Hatred. We'll be back in a few. It's uh, Spawn exclusively here on your classic metal show. 